This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. At America's Roundtable Radio, we're delighted to introduce to our engaged listening audience in the Midwest and the South, a rising musical group from the land of Israel, the Portnoy Brothers. Today, we're joined by one of the brothers, Israel Portnoy, connecting with us from Jerusalem, the land of Israel. Formed between Manchester, United Kingdom, and Israel, the Portnoy Brothers is the culmination of two brothers, Israel and Mendy, making music together for as long as they can remember. Two out of nine kids in a very musical family, their body of work spans many genres. Their father was an orchestra conductor turned rabbi. They played music separately from a young age and began playing together at around 14 years old. Natasha Sardorch and I were amazed by these two extraordinary and talented musicians that we asked them to join us for one of our Jerusalem Leaders Summit events in Israel. And at this event, we were joined by a delegation from the South with business and government leaders, including Governor Phil Bryan from the state of Mississippi, who was joined by a trade delegation. Today, there are a number of Israeli-based companies in America creating jobs and infusing our economy with innovation and technology in a great many fields. And without any further delay, we extend a warm America's Roundtable welcome to Israel Portnoy, one of the Portnoy brothers. Good morning, Israel. Good morning and welcome, Israel. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Israel, we are delighted to have you joining us at a time when historic events are taking place. Uh, Firstly, Israel's 75th anniversary is a testimony to a people who have sacrificed in the rebirth of a nation and have been returning to their homeland after 2,000 years. It is a modern-day miracle indeed. Absolutely. Right. And today in the United Kingdom, the coronation of King Charles is taking place. Israel, uh, you and your brother Mandy were invited to be part of something very extraordinary for a new king who over the years as Prince of Wales was drawn to the Jewish community and showed great support for the state of Israel. Uh, Israel, could you take us through this journey since you have a deep connection to both Britain and Israel? Absolutely. Well, I grew up in England, obviously. When I was 16 years old, I decided to moved to my homeland, which I guess is strange to a lot of people because like, well, I, I, I was born and bred in England, in Manchester, England. Uh, but apart from the name, the name Israel, which was the, the name given to me. So I, I didn't really have much of a choice. It's the, the land of my namesake. And of course, growing up as a Jew, there really always was a feeling for me in my personal experience from a young age that whilst I grew up in England, um, it, it didn't really feel like home to me. There were maybe a couple of incidents that happened that might have made me feel that way, but we won't get into those now. And when I was 16, I made the decision to go and move back to, to um, my homeland, Israel. And I'm lucky that through my work, I do get to travel a lot. So I, 
you know, get to see many countries. And it is such an interesting time because obviously the new King of England is happening back at home, you know, quote unquote, because it is home. And then over here, obviously 75 years. I mean, seven, it's interesting because, you know, we say 75 years, but it, it's really kind of like, you know, 3000. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> it's the modern day state of Israel, which, which is an incredible miracle. Um, but of course it's rooted so much deeper than that. And for me being here, it definitely does. It feels historic. I think without even getting into politics, because my job as a musician, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to just play music and bring people together. So I don't do the, I don't get into politics, but whichever side you're on in terms of the, you know, judicial reform, there's definitely movement happening in this country right now that feels like, you know, that big things are in the future. Um, I'm not a prophet. I don't know what those big things are, but it definitely doesn't feel like things are just sort of trotting on the status quo. It feels like this, this big change is going to happen. So Yes, it is historic. Um, I don't know if that answered the if that answered the question fully, but but totally feeling the connection between what's happening in England and and obviously the the unconnected events, but they both happen to be very very large historic events taking place in our lifetime. So yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Israel, it was great to see you in person in Jerusalem a few months ago with our partners from America, Britain, and continental Europe, including Sir Ivan Lawrence, a prominent British Jewish leader and former member of the British Parliament. This project was under wraps until last week, and when Natasha and I heard the song sung in Hebrew, it was as if we were transported in the midst of angels. And we are truly honored that through America's Roundtable and our broadcast partners, Lancer Broadcasting and Supertalk Mississippi Media and via 65 radio stations, we shall be airing this new rendition, the radio debut in America of the prayer song, the new rendition of Adon Olam, which translated means Sovereign of the Universe, Lord of the Universe, joined by 200 elementary school children from five Jewish schools in London. And for our listeners and throughout Jewish communities in America and around the world, this conversation with Israel Portnoy was recorded prior to Shabbat. Let's take a listen to Adon Alam.
rendition of Adon Olam is amazing and inspiring. Uh, to hear this song and, and share it with your families and friends, we just encourage our listeners to visit PortnoyBrothers.com. And could you just take us through this journey, Israel, of how this all came about and how you and your brother, the Portnoy Brothers, were part of this really historic event uh, that will be you know, shared around the world today? Yeah, so we were very fortunate. Stephen Levy is a orchestra conductor, choir conductor and composer um, who actually wrote the song. And he's someone who we grew up admiring very much because he was actually one of the first uh, choir conductors we ever saw conducting in a synagogue. And it was beautiful music. He writes both liturgical music for the synagogue and also more contemporary music. And he was always someone we really looked up to and were greatly inspired by. Stephen broke this Adon Alam and he called us up and he said, I have this song and I want you guys to produce it and I want you guys to sing on it. And I also have this idea that it was a joint idea between him and the United Synagogue in London, the chief rabbi's office. And, and they had heard Stephen's song and they kind of decided together, well, what if we would put this song out with a video with all of these incredible kids. It's about eight different choirs from different Jewish schools, comprising of a choir of about 200 children. And they're all singing the song together and we would gift this song as a gift from the Jewish community, from the chief rabbi of the United Synagogue. And we would gift this to King Charles on his coronation. And that was the idea. So we said, we'll absolutely love to do it. And there was a lot of pre-production. It was about a, close to a year um, in, in, in the making and then we flew to London to record 200 kids in a, in a gymnasium and it was a very large project the strings were recorded in Ukraine actually um, there was people recording you know different parts all over the world obviously because that's a lot of how production goes so there was a lot of moving pieces and we got there in the end and it's uh, the response has been incredible it's been absolutely mind-blowing I really genuinely didn't think as cheesy as it sounds, I really didn't think it would go anywhere near as far as it has. I mean, in like four days, it had been seen 50,000 times on YouTube and completely organically, it hasn't been, not a penny has been put into it in terms of advertising or anything like that. So yeah, it's been really heartwarming that it's reached so many people and so many people have really been moved by it. It's a, it's a special thing. It really is. And this is coming from that original Hebrew 
a song that is really uh, called in English translation, Lord of the Universe. So could you just give us a little background of what that really means? Yes. So it's so interesting you pointed out because, you know, on the one hand, we have this ancient text, it's thousands of years old, and then we have um, this modern melody, and those are combined, and that's already a, a bridging of worlds. And then, you know, going from the Jewish synagogue to the, you know, to the royal, to the Christian royal palace, I should say. And it's just, it's very interesting because the words are actually essentially praising and exalting God as the king of the world. And, you know, for a second, when, when they asked me, I, I have to be completely honest with you, there was a, a, a thought that crossed my mind. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting choice to give to the king, you know, as a gift. It's like, well, the king of the world is is God, you know. And I actually look to America for inspiration in this because, you know, America is, you know, in, in one God we trust is, is like where it all begins, even at the leadership level. And um, and I think it is an important part of the leadership level that if we're not really channeled in to something higher than ourselves, into, into a godly spirit which is guiding us, um, then really we're kind of just serving our own egos and our own agendas. And it went from thinking, you know, maybe that's a strange choice as a gift, to thinking, wow, what a poignant, beautiful message and it was some it actually made it even stronger for me and i connected to it even more absolutely and i think you said it so well i think you know most politicians would not be able to communicate it as succinctly as you have the importance of our shared values and principles coming from judaism from the judaic text actually from the hebrew bible and how that influenced in fact the united kingdom it influenced America's founding fathers as well on those key principles uh, of freedom, of compassion, of really, you know, the ideas of sovereignty and self-determination. And I think those elements of it are certainly well brought together in this beautiful fusion of what you and your brother and the great group in London put together. Absolutely. And Israel, I mean, power of the music and your voices. Uh, you and your brother, Mendy, created a song called Delete Airbnb with the lyrics. <laughs> you have a good memory. You right. have a very good memory, Natasha. This is a great story and we have to share with the listener. So the lyrics that you created was, I'm going to take you off off my phone until you stop discriminating on my home. And you brought the attention of the world to the discriminatory decision by Airbnb in November 2018 to remove from their platform. Wow. Yes. So to remove yeah. from their platform yeah all Israeli and Jewish-owned properties in Judea and Samaria. And your music video was going viral via social media networks until Facebook just removed it without providing any explanation or advanced warning. And then you and your brother went back to the studio and recorded a new version with extended lyrics that goes, this used to be a little song about fair play until they chose to make our clip fly, fly away. Doing disappearing tricks on what we sing, well, hasn't this gone far beyond left or right wing? And, you know, Israel, you said in this interview and in, the, in various interviews that we found uh, via internet that you don't like to get involved in politics. But this time it was worth it. And you demonstrated that you can make an impact 
impact. So companies and their leadership today think that they can get away with anti-Semitism. Yeah. But your voices and music demonstrated that you you can successfully counter it. Uh, Israel, could you kind of share your thoughts about it? And what would your advice be to all the people that, you know, can be active and yeah. get their voices out? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it used to be something I was scared to, to talk about because it kind of sounds like you, you're victimizing yourself. And also... I've had a very privileged life, you know, I'm lucky. I always, there was always food on the table. I had parents who loved me. Um, I'm one of nine siblings. We all get on well. Like there's people who really suffered. So this isn't me, you know, saying that I, I've had it bad, but it would be, it would be dishonest if I pretended that I had never experienced personal anti-Semitism. As young as six years old, I remember walking to synagogue with my, with my father, who's actually the community rabbi. He was, a community rabbi in England for close to 40 years and people shouting Heil Hitler at me. And I remember asking my father, what does that mean? And, you know, there's a reason why at 16 years old, I, I moved alone to Israel. And as, as I was saying earlier in the conversation, it felt like I was moving back home because God forbid, not everyone. And of course it's a minority, but there are a lot of people who don't like me just because I was born to a Jewish mother. And, you know, that, in a in a broader um, in a broader world that translates into some scenarios where you know like the Airbnb thing you know that that that's you know you said like I got involved in politics to me it's not even political it it, it doesn't even have to get that far like political would be like there was actually some kind of like you know real rationale they could really you know justify in any kind of you know, in any coherent way, but really it was just them trying to be trendy. And there was, it was, it was like, let's hate on, you know, Jews in Israel week and they just jumped on board. And I said, no, nah, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to just stand by and let, let that happen. If there are things that we can make a change and try and make a difference, then, then that is our job as, as artists and um, through the music, you know, because right. uh, spe speeches, as you can probably hear in this conversation, is not my thing. I, I try to communicate through song lyrics. <laughs> Absolutely. We have had the privilege of knowing you for a number of years now, and uh, yeah. it was so good to see you just recently with Sir Ivan Lawrence from Great Britain. And it was great to be able to see you in person after this hiatus, this pandemic uh, that uh, kept us all apart from one another. And we also followed something that you experienced uh, and a tragic experience when your house in Israel was burned to the ground. You lost personal belongings, musical instruments, and it was a miracle no one was injured. And Natasha and I saw the images of what was once the home of your young family. Israel, could you take us down this path of what kept you grounded and focused on rebuilding and beginning anew? And you have such a positive disposition and we can really sense that through your creativity and love for your people and America. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a very uh, life-changing event. It happened very quickly. The entire village, um, including my house and my recording studio, just got wiped away. And we didn't have any time because we didn't have the knowledge that it was going to happen. Um, we evacuated because in the forest that surrounded the village, there was a fire. So we evacuated very calmly. And the next time we went back there, there was nothing there. The one thing I left my house with 
um, no wallet, by the way, no passport ID. You know, I was identity less after that day. And it's a very strange feeling. Uh, but the one thing that was in my hand at the time was a 1963 Guild uh, acoustic guitar. And that was the only thing that I have uh, from my previous life. And you ask, what was it that, you know, it inspired me to, to, to keep creating? There was definitely a period where I was pretty down and out. Um, but it was this instrument, which was the bridge between the old life and the new life. And that kind of was what artistically, create, creatively got me back on my feet. I would say it was that coupled with just seeing the incredible, incredible love and capacity for giving unconditionally from like, like it wasn't just like local Israelis, it's just like humans all over the world, um, different people sending, whether it was money or whether it was someone giving out toothbrushes the next morning at the uh, the uh, the camp that we were all in temporarily while we were figuring out where we were next. And, you know, like who would have thought of bringing a toothbrush, you know, such a thoughtful thing. And someone actually was, it was someone who had been following me on social media had seen that I was reading a book at the time called The Artist's Way. And it's a, a famous book. It's, it involves a lot of self, you know, introspective work and, they had seen that in that time period during the, before the fire, I was reading it and they actually ordered me one to my house. Um, like just things like that. It was just really heartwarming and it kind of really inspired me to, you know, to, to give something back to the, that humanity that got me back on my feet. Incredible story. In fact, it really inspires us and you're continuing to do such creative work. And what is in store next for the Portnoy Brothers? Uh, do you have a new project that you would like to uh, share with us or is it still under wraps? Yeah, well, well there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, obviously, the album we were just talking about with the 12-string guitar, that's the solo album that, that uh, it's called Facing Flames featuring Gilda. For the Portnoy Brothers, we are in the middle of a... We call it a slow burning project. It's a project of Shabbat songs of our contemporary versions of um, ancient text uh, Shabbat songs. And we, we've put out a bunch of those. And over the next few months, we're going to wrap up that project and put out the whole album. Um, we're also working on an interfaith project, which um, is also going to involve some live, some live playing all over America. So, I'm actually also moving to America for a couple of years to focus a little bit more over there. So there is a lot going on and uh, feel free to be in touch and reach out and stay in contact. And um, we're very, we're very hands-on. You send us a message, we'll, we'll gladly re reply. Wonderful, wonderful indeed in fact we encourage our listeners to visit the portnoybrothers.com and listen to their great songs their inspiring songs uh, that will certainly touch the hearts of all here in america and beyond and also certainly look up their new project that they did in london called adon olam it's on youtube and actually on americasrt.com we'll certainly feature that particular song so you'll have a link to go and listen to this great new rendition of Adon Olam, Lord of the Universe. Israel, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you so much, Israel. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. God bless you. God bless, God bless you. you. 
This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lalansami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. 